verses 14 and 15. And I'm reading from the NIV. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. This is the word of the Lord. My lovely brothers and sisters, good morning. This is how um, Paul and other uh, authors in the Bible address the church in, uh, people in the church. Lovely brothers and sisters, um, good morning. Uh, my name is Elvin, for those who don't uh, know me, and uh, I usually preach in the Cantonese congregation. But starting from this term, uh, the pastors have talked about it, and we want to include more fluidity in our roster. So we will come more often to each other's service. So hopefully you will see more, uh, see me more uh, in this service. And um, this term we are going to talk about, uh, we are starting a new series, and it's called Commands of Jesus. We will talk about what Jesus has commanded us to do in the Bible. Because you look at the Greek, commission in Matthew 28 it says Jesus said to them to ask us to uh, to teach the people teach them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age so um, it will also align with the focus of this year for our church is to become passionate follower of Jesus the meaning of passionate is to willing to suffer for Jesus and a passionate follower of Jesus is eager to know the command of Jesus and eager to follow. All right, shall we pray first before I begin? Father, we thank you for your love towards us and uh, that you have given your word to us. And, and we thank you for this morning that you have gathered us together May the Holy Spirit be with us, each of us, and annoy us so that we can understand what you want to say to us and you speak right into each of our hearts so that we can, um, we can be touched, we can be changed, we can be transformed, we can be um, uh, willing to follow your will. In Jesus' name I pray all this. Amen. Well, Jesus gave many commands in the Bible. And the first and foremost command is found in the book of Mark, and it is the passage that we have just read. It is Mark chapter 1, verse 14 to 15. It's about repent and believe. This may be the first command of Jesus to the world. And Jesus preached this message after John the Baptist has been arrested has been put into the prison. And it is the time um, after John has been arrested, this is the time that Jesus come out to preach. But later he also will be arrested. And during this time, 
he is preaching a message that we all have to hear. This is the first and foremost message for all the world, for you and me. The command is like this. The first is repent. Well, in the Bible, there are two words that can be translated as repent. But the word here is metanoia. It's about changing of our thinking, changing of our mind. And, but there is another word also sometimes called repent, we are sorry or remorse. It is, uh, in Greek, it's metamilomai. They are different. There are two different kinds of repentance. Uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, 7, verse 10, uh, Paul clearly tells us what's the difference. There's a godly grief that produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. So there are two different kinds of repentance. One is simply regret. One is self-centered, but one is God-centered. There is a kind of repentance that focuses completely on what's wrong with you, in which case you go deeper in your self-centeredness. You are not changing from it. But there is another kind of repentance that is focused on the goodness of God and how you have broken His heart. And it looks there first. So that changed the self-centeredness that is ruining your life. So regret is that activity that causes us to say, why did I do that? We must touch us a little deeper, causing us to feel disgust and pain, but not causing us to change our ways. Just like the example of Judas. Remember in the Matthew chapter 27, talk about Jesus betrayed uh, by Judas, and after Judas discovered that he felt remorse, and what did he do? The, uh, Matthew chapter 27, verse 5 says, Judas threw the money to the temple and left those money he received from betraying Jesus. And then he went away, and he hanged himself. This is a kind of worldly regret. This is not the repentance that Jesus is talking about here. The repentance that Jesus wants is the repentance that draws us back to God. The repentance that we realize that we have broken the heart of God. A good example will be the prodigal son. The prodigal son, after he has squandered all the money of his father, and then he almost wants to eat what the pig eat, and he become coming to his senses, and he want to come back his father. So, um, real repentance would bear fruits. The fruit will be to have a changed life. It is to come back to the Father. That's a change of will. And this change of will will bring us into action. Like the prodigal son, when he came into his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. Through repentance, we have 
must have a change of will. And then true repentance should bring us into action. Um, Luke chapter 15, verse 20 says, This prodigal son, he got up and went to his father. So this is real repentance. And what Jesus commands here is for us to have real repentance, for our repentance to bear fruit. And it will start with a change of will, and it will bring uh, us into action. So, if you look at the prodigal son, he really have come back to his father, and and what his father did, his father was while he was still a long way off, the father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. So actually, when the prodigal son, he started to repent and wanted to come back to father, he has a belief that his father will accept him. So repent and belief are two sides of the coin. So that's why here, we are, uh, Jesus put two commands together and they all, both of them, drives us into action. Real repentance drives us into action. Just like belief. If we believe a doctor, then we will take the medicine. If we believe in a chair, we will sit on it. So what Jesus wants is, we really want you to have that action of repentance and belief. But what do you believe in? And Jesus said, is belief in the good news. What, what is in Jesus' mind when Jesus said, believe in the good news? Remember, this is the first thing that Jesus did after he was tempted by Satan in the wilderness. He came out and Mark says, the first thing that he do is to proclaim that um, repent and believe in good news. Well, if you want to really know what Jesus means about by the good news, we, we can look at the book of Luke, the Gospel of Luke, because the Gospel of Luke is um, written by referencing to the material of Mark. And in, uh, in Luke chapter 4, after Luke talked about Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, what he started is that he says that Jesus began to preach in the synagogue. And then uh, it says that in the synagogue, what he was saying in the synagogue, um, this just like a camera is zooming on Jesus. When Jesus was in the synagogue, he take out the row of uh, the scripture and then turn into a place and then read this verse. This is in Luke chapter four, verse 18. The spirit of the Lord is with me because he has anointed one, me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. It's about liberation. And he talked about the year of Lord's favor. And after Jesus read this scripture, he said to the people, today, 
this scripture is fulfilled among you. That means Jesus is referring to this. This actually, this scripture actually came from Isaiah chapter 61. It's about the year of Jubilee. It's a time where people will be set free. In the year of Jubilee, as described in Leviticus chapter 25, in that particular year, what is what's mean by the year of Jubilee is, uh, you know, Sabbath, we have a Sabbath day, but we also have Sabbath year. After six years, all the land will need to take a rest. So that's, that's Sabbath year. But after seven Sabbath year, it comes to the 49 year, and then the 50 year is the year of Jubilee. And in that year, the Lord says in the Leviticus says that all prisoners and captives will be set free. All slaves will be released. And all property will be returned to their original owners. And all labor will cease working for a year. So it is a special time. It's a time of joy and celebration. It starts with uh, blowing a horn because that's a time of joy and celebration. And, and Jesus said that that, kind, that year of the favor of the law is fulfilling in your midst today. So Jesus in the synagogue, he's preaching the good news that the Jubilee has fulfilled in me. Jesus came and he has brought freedom to slaves. He has paid the debt for our sin that we owe to God. He forgive our gift forever. We are no longer in bondage. We are no longer in sin. We are free by Jesus. So Jubilee is about releasing, about resting in God, about restoring by God. So the good news is about freedom, about forgiveness, about favor, about rest. This is what Jesus is preaching to people. It's not that you, if you don't believe me, you will go to hell. It's not that. It is more on the freedom. It's really a good news because if you believe in me, you will be set free. Your sins will be forgiven. And it's not just after we die that we won't go to hell. It is here and now we can have the forgiveness of sins. We can be set free. Just like the captives are set free in the year of Jubilee. You know, actually, in the history of Israel, the Jubilee, year of Jubilee, actually, we have no evidence that it has been practiced. So it remains a dream for many people, for many slaves. It hasn't been practiced. But it's only until Jesus came that this became a reality. So it's put in the law for the fulfillment when Jesus comes. And it is fulfilled in the life of Jesus when he came and died on the cross, when he take our sins away, he forgive all our debts. It is so wonderful. It's a really good message. But sometimes he forgot. Sometimes he just tell others, oh, believe in Jesus so you can go to heaven. It's not like that simple. It is more than that. It is forgiveness of sins. That's why... You know, if you look at the Great Commission in the book of Luke, it says that you preach the gospel and 
preach Luke 24, um, verse 47. The Great Commission, we often look at the Gospel of Matthew, but if you look at the Gospel of Luke, it actually says the repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. So we should not forget preaching or sharing of the wonderfulness of forgiveness of sins when we share our message to people. And actually, this is really uh, good news. Just like I bought a house about three years ago, but it's still under mortgage. Actually, it does not belong to me. It belongs to the bank, right? Many people have house, but they do not belong to them. They belong to the bank. So it belongs to me only when I pay off my mortgage. And if someone came and paid off my mortgage, which you're all welcome to do, <laughs> then I will be free. I will be so happy. That's the kind of happiness that the good news will bring to each of us when we believe in Him. And that's the good news that Jesus wants want us to proclaim to other people. Repent and believe in the good news. That's so wonderful news and this is so wonderful life. We can free from our bondage from sin. There's a gang uh, leader, very famous um, gang of 14K. Maybe you don't know, but in Asia, it is very famous. It's second largest in the world. Have 25,000 members following him, doing all sorts of triad things, you know, try society, do all the brothel, all those uh, gambling, um, casino, all those, you know, dirty business. They make a lot of money, drugs, you know, but also put a lot of people into difficulties. And, and this guy, the head of it, uh, is called Teddy Hong. He has an amazing story because a few, maybe, maybe 10, 15 years ago, God worked in his life. And in Hong Kong, there was about 200 pastors. They they want to, they understand this is the guy that we have to share the gospel with. If he turn, then there's a hope for the world because his business is all over the world. And then there's 200 pastors, they come together and then they have a plan. They call him every day. <laughs> so they keep on calling him one after another and one after another. And then one day he was so fed up with it and he said, Oh, you pastors, you are just worse than we gangsters. We gangsters don't do things like that. <laughs> but, and one, one, time, one day, and he was so annoyed, and then he just said to one of the pastors in the phone and said that, okay, is it that if I go to church with you, then you will stop calling me? And then he said, okay, I will come to church just once. And then he, just because of that, went to church, and he fell to sleep. <laughs> he couldn't get anything, but he got a Bible. He put, someone gave him the Bible, and he would take it home, just forget about it. But one day, suddenly, when he walked on the street, he looked at so many drug addicts on the street. He was so afraid suddenly. He knew that he has made a big mistake because so many people <clears throat> are affected. 
and he fall into deep depression because oh what look at what I have done so many people become drug addicts because of me because I sell to them drugs and I made money myself and he couldn't sleep for many many months many many years and then one day he was so disappointed he don't know what to do he, he get up in the middle of the night and then but he saw the Bible and he didn't see the he didn't read the Bible but it reminds him about Jesus so he make a little prayer he tell Jesus if you are really Jesus if you're really God help me so that I can get to sleep well strange thing happened that night he fell into sleep and he slept like a baby so he was so amazed and and and, and since that day he could sleep well and Previously, he had some suicidal thought. He wanted to kill himself, but he never wanted to uh, kill himself again. And he smiled in his face. And, and he didn't know what happened, but his wife saw him and told him, oh, you have smiled in your face, which her, she hasn't seen him have for a long, long time. So in response to his wife, he says, this is really, there's really Jesus. And he turned, and over the years, he get a lot of uh, trials also in his business. But then, finally, God made him quit all his business. He started his own business, you know, um, right business, not those dirty business. And then, he even went to the Bible college, and he became a pastor of a church that look after all the triad members. Isn't it wonderful? This is God's work. And he's now 64 years old. And he's now sharing this, his own testimony all over the world. You can read this in YouTube. It is so wonderful message. And it is so amazing that the good news is the one that we, it frees us from the bondage of our sins. So are we really preaching the good news? Or did it mis do we mistook it to be like coming to church and you won't go to hell? It is really forgiveness of sins that we have to preach about. And this is the good news that Jesus preached. And then Jesus gave the reason why you have to obey this command of repent and believe. The reason is because the kingdom has come. Well, in your Bible, the Bible that just read is um, in NIV version. It says, because the kingdom has come near. Come near means approaching. It's not there yet. But the Gospel of Mark considered the kingdom of God is in this life. Um, there's a in Mark chapter 9, verse 1, it says that, Truly I say to you, they are standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God after it has come with power. Jesus was talking to his disciples. His disciples will see the kingdom come before they die. So what does it mean? Jesus is saying that he, they will see the kingdom of God come when Jesus resurrected. 
because after Jesus was resurrected, he went to Galilee. He told his uh, disciples of the, the Great Commission that all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And the kingdom of God has formally inaugurated at that time. So the kingdom of God was come, has come near when he started the, 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 um, the, the preaching of the gospel. He has not died, but he knows that he's going to die for them. He knows he's going to die and resurrect to bring forth this kingdom. So when Jesus says that you have to repent and believe to the people there, the reason is because the kingdom is coming, because I'm going to die for you, because you will be able to have a different life. You will be able to have this liberation, rest and forgiveness. So this is the re reason why Jesus said, you have to believe because it's now here. The kingdom is coming near and to us. Jesus has already died on the cross and resurrected. The kingdom has already come to us. So if Jesus was so, Jesus actually when he say to them to repent and believe, they use present tense, it's, it's kind of can be interpreted as uh, urgency. The kingdom is coming, so you have to believe it's urgent. If Jesus was preaching so urgently at that time when Jesus, when the kingdom was approaching, now the kingdom has already come. How urgent should we be when we're sharing our gospel to other people, right? We should ask them to believe, repent and believe now. One day, uh, someone come to a pastor and says, can I repent later? Uh, the wise pastor said to him, Oh, no, I don't know. Can I repent tomorrow? The vice pastor says, I don't know, because I don't know where you, whether you will still be here. We don't know what happened. So the message should be repent now, not repent later. So may we have more urgency in our message when we share our gospel. If someone call you, you know, a distant relative which you haven't seen for a long time, and then he tell you that, oh, you have won, a, uh, you have inherited an inheritance from a distant relative, that's a lot of money. Well, what you do? Would you believe it or not? Well, you can choose to believe it, you can choose to ignore it, right? Because nowadays there are so many scams on the phone. But if you choose to believe it, you enjoy the benefit right away. You will feel joy. Wow, I got an inheritance. It's like that. Jesus really wants us to enjoy the benefit of getting into the kingdom, to forgive us our sins. So he really wants us to believe him. It's so urgent in his message. Well, I get really look at the tense of these two words, present tense, repent and believe. One interpretation is urgency, but there's another interpretation in, uh, we can interpret 
they tends to be a kind of continuing, continue to repent and continue to believe. Well, it's not that repent and believe is not only for non-believers. It is for each of us, even that we have believed in Jesus. Remember, Jesus was uh, in the book of Revelation. Jesus rebuked some of the churches. Those who have believed in Jesus, he rebuked the uh, church of Ephesus. He says, I know your works, your toil, your patience, your endurance. But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, where you have fallen, repent and do the works that you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your work, uh, remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. Well, Jesus' repent message is not only for non-believers, it's also for each of us in this church, for our loss in love in Him. Did we lose our first love in Jesus? In the book of Revelation, Jesus also rebuked another church called Laodicea. He also asked them to repent because this church is so complacent. They're so happy with their wealth. They're so secure in their life. They so feel that they are so doing so okay. But Jesus said, for you say, I am rich, I have prospered, I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, afflicted. I counsel you to buy from gold, from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich, white garments so that you may clothe yourself, and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen, and slave to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. So be serious and repent. The repent message is also for each of us here. Not to be complacent, to repent from our complacency. And there's a lot of things that we can repent from because we have always need to change our mind. That's the meaning of repentance, metanoia. So that's why Paul says, do not be conformed, conformed to this world, but trans be transformed by the renewal of the mind. It's also present tense. Continue to renew your mind. Continue to repent yourself from your wrongful thinking, your, your complacency, your loss of first love. And this is what, when we look at this command of Jesus, we really have to do, repent and believe. If you have not believed in Jesus, this is the time because the kingdom has come. The time has fulfilled. Repent and believe the good news. And you, if you have believed, just continue, repent, and continue to believe in Jesus. Stand firm. 
Do not let your faith be affected by all the difficulties. That's what really God wants us to do because He wants us to be in this kingdom, a kingdom of peace, forgiveness, rest. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your wonderful word that you gave us, that you want us to repent and believe in you and believe in the good news because you have prepared for us so amazing love and you have freed us from all our troubles. You have freed us from all our bondage and we are no longer tied up by all our sins that we can come to you and you pay, we pay all our debts. We thank you, Lord. Help us to continue to repent, continue to believe in you. In Jesus' name, I pray all this. Amen.